You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Vox and Hops Brutal North America is presented by Indie Merch Store. You can't really make it when you live in Iceland, you know, and just you have your own band and and that's the only thing you do. It just kind of doesn't work out if you're, you know, if you're not touring and all that kind of stuff. So, and that wasn't really a possibility for most Icelandic bands. People weren't really thinking about, you know, you could, because you couldn't make it here, people aren't like really trying to follow a, a fad or something that's uh, in, you know, they just want to make music that kind of satisfies themselves, you know. So we just, you know, we just kind of play what we want to hear, you know, the music that we want to hear. And, you know, I think that's one of the things why, you know, why it is kind of like that. And it's so versatile also. There's so many different kind of music and a lot of weird music as well, you know. So, you know, so, you know, it's a, it's interesting. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you've been having a glorious week. I most certainly have been because it is brutal North America time, people. That's right. Brutal North America is presented by Indie Merch Store, is fueled by Heartbeat Hot Sauce Company, and is powered by Yakima Chief Hops. 22 brand new Vox and Hops collabs have dropped throughout the past week. I have paired 22 Vox and Hops alumni with metal breweries from across the United States and Canada, and we have made glorious, unique beers together. That's right, 22 brand new beers hit the market this week, and I'm so damn excited about it. I hope that you have had the chance to get out there and to hunt and to try to get your hands on some of these collabs. To name a few of the pairings from Canada, we got Third Moon Brewing with Brand of Sacrifice. We got La Pazicaire and Augury. Microbrasserie Le Fermentor with The Agonist. And from the United States, we got Brutal Beer Works with Abigail Williams. Dry City Brew Works with Yakuza. We got a three-way collab with Gilded Skull Brewing, Widowmaker, and Summoner. We got Lasting Brass Brewing Company with Shadow of Intent. And we got Wake Brewing with the Atlas Moth. I'm just so damn excited that all of these amazing humans have been working together to spread the motto of Vox and Hops, enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Tomorrow night at 9 p.m., there is a huge virtual rap party going on. It's happening on Zoom. If you join the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday gang or the Vox and Hops Discord, the link will be there for that. I have invited all of the breweries, all of the bands to come and hang out with me and enjoy one of our collabs together with all of you. So join us. Join the Brutal North America Virtual Rap Party, which is happening tomorrow, June 26th at 9 p.m. EDT. It's going to be a blast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to rate it and write a review. Now, why? Why do I want you to rate it and write a review? Because when someone's looking for a new podcast to listen to, 
what do they do? They scroll down, they check out the reviews. If the reviews are all great and say that the podcast rocks, they're probably going to give that podcast a chance. So if you were to write a review for the Vox and Hops Metal podcast, you could actually be the person that sways someone into becoming a brand new Vox and Hops head. And that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now on today's episode with Oscar Loye of the Vintage Caravan, get ready everyone, this is Vox and Hops episode number 276. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Oscar Loyer of The Vintage Caravan. I am very, very stoked to be with you. Uh, Let's start with a simple yet complex question that I like to kick things off with. How did you cope with the glorious year that is now behind us of 2020? Ooh, Lord. I just did what I could. I I got a dog, which is behind the camera right now, border calling, and uh, so that kept me kind of occupied, and I was uh, doing quite a bit of uh, running and uh, and drinking beer in the evening. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's basically kind of how I got through it. <laughs> You were fighting the hops, which is something I do daily. You got you got to exercise if you're going to drink as much beer as we do. Uh, of course, yeah, yeah, you have to yeah, kind of keep it up. You kind of yeah, it's just kind of finding a good balance there in between. Yeah, I was, I, uh, yeah, I woke up this morning and I was like, shouldn't have done, shouldn't have done what I did yesterday, and uh, now I, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I went out running, and uh, now I feel like a, a new man. Yeah. Good uh, for you. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I yeah. love that. <laughs> Let's talk about beer. Let's talk about your very, very first beer. Do you remember the very first beer that you had, Oscar? Yes, I do. It was, uh, it's called Polar Beer, which is a, it's kind of a weird story behind uh, that beer because uh, Iceland, like, like beer in Iceland was like prohibited until like 1989. So there was like no beer over here. Uh, but the weird thing about this beer, it was made in like, it started they started making it in like 1942 or something for the soldiers really yeah so you they were making beer here but they couldn't sell it here so it's just for uh, the american <laughs> soldiers it's kind of weird so yeah yeah so it was just for the soldiers here and and like people that were like pilots and and like uh, yeah that kind of stuff so that was the only only uh, places where you could get that beer but since i am uh uh, yeah, since I drank the first time, I think I was 16 or something, and uh, yeah, it was a polar beer. It's kind of a shit beer, to be honest, but you know, you have to start somewhere. <laughs> That's very interesting. So, so Iceland was making beer in Iceland, even though it was illegal for international people that were coming through Iceland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, this caused a lot of confusion and just like, and I, you know, uh, I. I heard stories uh, that when Led Zeppelin came here in 1970, John Bonham yeah. was very, very pissed off that there wasn't like a proper beer here. It was like, what the fuck is this shit? They had, like, I think they sold like an Eels Pilsner, that's what they called it, and but it was like zero point something, you know, and yeah. he was just like trash, you know. But, you, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I think like partying in Iceland back in the day was probably way more just out of this world intoxicated i think than the, than it is now you know even though it's pretty crazy right now but you know uh but yeah it's i think people were just drinking a lot of hard liquor and just getting fucked up yeah 
Yeah, Icelandic style. Fox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Speaking about beer, what beer do you have on your side that we're going to share virtually today? So, I have this one. It's called Bjorme Bublum. It's a pretty new beer from Gjæringur, uh, which is uh, a brewery that's literally just down the street from where I live. I love so, that. Yeah, so it's a, it's a brewery and a bar. So it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. And this is, a, this is a, like a really, really fresh beer. It's a very basic uh, lager, basically. It says Venulur, Venulur Lager, which just means ordinary lager. <laughs> so it's going to be light, crispy, crushable. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And it's like super fresh. I saw them like make this can, these cans yesterday. So I uh, went so over cool. and got a, got a few of them. So that's pretty nice. I think I'll uh, go so ahead. to your run this morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> On my side, I'm going to be drinking La Gabiaio. This is uh, their experimental series. They're, they are a very well-established brewery here in Quebec, where I'm from, uh, Montreal, Quebec. They are just on the South Shore uh, in saint jean saint Uh This is their collab uh, with Wild Shack, who are a nomad brewery. They are wild. They are crazy. They do out-of-the-box things. It's two dudes that, that just collaborate with a bunch of breweries making crazy brews this one is a grisette uh, which has been fermented it's a mixed fermentation that has been aged for a year in oak and uh conditioned for three months on boysenberry 6.1 percent abv i love la gabiere i love this experimental series just just um, i'm showing you nothing hold on i'm showing you nothing there we go <laughs> yeah i'm gonna crack this is it a local beer for you or is it uh... it is a local beer but uh, local beer is a big thing here yeah. in quebec so yeah so of course local meaning it's from quebec but i can't walk there no no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. but it's a killer brew that's for sure killer brewery i haven't had this one before Ooh, pours out with a gorgeous red hue Super gorgeous. Yeah, Look yeah. At this. Just, just Ooh, mad. Nice. The boys and berries. Yeah, just killer, foamy, gorgeous pink head. That looks beautiful too for a loggerhead. It's like it's an unfiltered hazy. Oh no, it's a little more clear than I thought it would. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, man. Ooh, smells. It's got that like a beautiful nose. Mm. It's actually funny. I went to like a a focus focus meeting or like focus group kind of thing, whatever you call it, for this beer. Actually, so uh, they. They brewed it and then they were like, I was in a group of 10 people that, uh, you know, uh, just, I just said what I kind of uh, felt could maybe go better and that kind of stuff. And, and they actually, yeah, so I think this is the new batch and it's uh, really, really nice. That's so cool. I had so much fun when I played in Reykjavik. Uh, Cryptopsy went to Iceland in 20... 17 2018 i think it was it was at reykjavik metal fest exactly yeah. we played the the gokarin yeah and we spent they brought us in for five days to to hang out in iceland nice. and we were like we're gonna go sightseeing we're gonna see so much cool shit yeah and every day i just woke up and i went let's go to the micro bar yeah that's <laughs> yeah. <I> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. I, we spent we spent our whole time in Reykjavik, me, Chris, and Ollie, <laughs> yeah. at the microbar, and I'm not joking. Wow. <laughs> and awesome. then we realized how much we were spending on beer because it's very expensive Jesus. in, yes, in, in Reykjavik. Oh yeah. It was it's like a, eighteen dollars a pint Canadian. Yeah. Ooh, I know. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's um, interesting uh, life to be. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's expensive to like beer here for sure. Yeah, especially when it comes to nice beers, it's like whew, really, really expensive. But I mean, you know, but there's a lot of really interesting like uh, breweries and 
stuff that you know Reykjavik Brewing is one that's really good and uh, they do like crazy stuff they made a Christmas beer and just put a whole Christmas tree in into the love it yeah yeah something like that so that's amazing super piney yeah exactly yeah (laughs) sprucey yeah exactly yeah I, I tasted it it was amazing actually really nice very cool let's talk about craft beer let's talk about well, when you realized that beer could be more from from that polar beer, that yeah. first beer that you had, until you experienced something that beer could be more than just something that gets you drunk at sixteen. Exactly. Yeah, I think it was. I, I uh, it was kind of like hearing a like a fairy tale kind of thing about Belgian beer and people like kind of hyping mm-hmm. it up a lot. So I was like, really, really, really curious about that. And that's kind of, you know, I think the craft bar like movement also began kind of at the same time when I. Here in Iceland, uh, so it was like around maybe 2000, uh, maybe yeah, maybe around 2014, something like that, when a lot of these bars started coming up and uh, people started to make really interesting beer, and so I think it was around that time, and uh, and I I got into like triple Carmeliet, the uh, Belgian beer. I thought that was one of the like some amazing beer. I haven't had it in a while actually, but uh, but yeah, it's an amazing beer, and and you know all those basic. Uh, basic Belgian beers like La Chouffe and you know you know those uh, more common ones like Leffe and that kind of stuff just amazing so that's kind of how I got into it and then you know and I go through a lot of different kind of phases you know if, it, if I'm drinking a lot of like sour sour beers and you know comes and goes but for the for for now I've, I've been yeah basically just doing like uh, pale ales and uh, and some like like really hoppy like lagers and like, so that's kind of where, where i'm at right now i guess so this one ultra pretty, crushers yeah exactly yeah definitely yeah what about you when when did you get into like the uh, the perverdism of beer oh it's it's been a, an evolution of my life it's, yeah. it's since 2013 really since i moved into this condo actually and it, there's a few pinnacle beers uh, facebook likes to remind you of your memories right yeah, <laughs> so exactly. last year at this point i was doing the 10 beers that led me towards craft beer and i started with shitty beer just like everyone and then i built up to there's this brewery here in in quebec called le castal and they put out a yakima ipa which is really a west coast ipa okay that was one of the ones that really got me i was trying to be healthier and at the grocery store it was just it has a, a, a vast distribution which is really cool yeah. for the castal uh, considering its quality of beer and it was it says that it's biologic you know like it's a biological all bio 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 uh, ingredients and i was trying to be healthy at the point so so this was like i'm gonna try this beer it was amazing, and you know my palate has shifted since then away from the, the the bitter West Coast yeah. style towards more of the hazies. But uh, that was a, a pinnacle beer, and then there's Zutziel, which is a huge, uh, massive brewery from here in Quebec that has uh, been around since 1998. That was really that also really shifted me towards craft beer. For sure, for sure. You guys also have a McKellar bar. We went there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. When Mastodon came here to play in 2016, they were, uh, Brian Taylor, the drummer, he was uh, hanging out there quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. so that's a good one for sure. I haven't been there in a while. Actually. We had fun. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's overlooking that that famous statue that's overlooking the opera house, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a lovely lovely place you know and uh, they actually sell a lot of like on the lower floor they have like amazing pizza some of the best pizza in in Reykjavik yeah, yeah. so it's uh, yeah quite good actually they put apples on their pizzas which is something I was like 
I'll try it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the soundtrack of your youth. When you were growing up in your parents' or guardians' house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the music? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? So uh, I come from a very musical house, actually, like a musical family. My dad used to sing in like choirs and, and, and that kind of stuff. Oh. So I even went touring with him uh, to Italy and, uh, and Austria when I was like, uh, nine years old or something. So I, I have a that's had super a, sick. Yeah, yeah. So I had a little bit of uh, experience about you know being in a bus with a lot of smelly people. You know, so uh, so that was a <laughs> good head start. <laughs> so I'm yeah. sure they were more calm than we are. But. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I remember. Uh, no, yeah, but I, I think um, there was there was a lot of like uh, Eric Clapton being played around the house. So a lot of the '80s Eric Clapton stuff. You know. And Mike Oldfield, Tubular Bells, and and a lot of uh, a lot of the his '80s stuff as well. So it was a lot of a lot of different kind of stuff. And uh, my dad is born in about '55, and my mom '57. So you know, there's a there's a healthy dose of the Shadows, you know, with Hank Marvin on guitar and and all that kind of stuff, which I was uh, really into. But uh, but then I think you know you know I think everything kind of changed when I saw uh, School of Rock with uh, Jack Black. Really? Yeah, man. I love that movie. It's so good. I love it. Yeah, so I saw that film and I was like, hey, these kids can do it. I'm a kid. I, I, I could do this, do this as well, you know. So it kind of went into there and then I started digging around, you know, by myself, you know, finding, you know, bands like Rush and that kind of stuff where I got really, really into that. Yeah. Cannot Canadian dog. pride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> love School of Rock. Uh, that resonates. I watched that a whole bunch uh, when that came out. There's just something about Jack Black that just makes everyone happy and warm and fuzzy. I've never seen Tenacious D, honestly. Yeah, life or or just, yeah, yeah, same here. I'd love to. Yeah. How about your first live music experience? Do you remember the first show that you went to go see? Was it your dad singing? What what, what was it? Uh, I, yeah, there was a, probably a lot of those kind of shows, but the first, like, proper show that I went to see was in 2004, so... I'm born in '94, so yeah, I was uh, nine years old, and and I saw Deep Purple playing in uh, wow. in Lögersatt uh, here in Reykjavik, and it was just I was so excited, and I was just like, you know, uh, I've been listening to like their greatest hits albums just on repeat for like two months, just like ah, couldn't wait, and then uh, day of the show, I uh, was so excited that I didn't really eat anything. <laughs> So I, uh, I, mean, I ate a little bit of chocolate cake, I remember. Well, that was it, you know. And then I was like, you know, it was like an hour into their show. And, and then they were like, all right, we're going to play a lot of our greatest hits right now or something like that. And I was like, yeah. And I just passed out. <laughs> and my dad was like, oh, really? fuck. Yeah. And he like ran to like the paramedics thing. And like got some, you know, nuts and some Coca-Cola or something. And I woke up and, like, the, the nurse or, like, the paramedic was, like, hitting on my dad. He was like, oh, does, uh, do you live with his mother or do you guys live alone? <laughs> and I was just like, what? Waking up to this nightmare. What the hell is going on? He was smoking the water playing in the background. Exactly, yeah. I remember I kind of woke up and we got in and they were kind of finishing Black Knight and then, it like, and then the show was over and I was like, God damn it. But, you know... <laughs> That was, that, was, that was my first experience. And then I saw Robert Plant, uh, I think, a few months later. So that was uh, fantastic. It was his first time back since uh, That's Happened King in 1970. Which is like a, a wow. show that like, changed 
uh, a lot of things here in Iceland, you know, you know, it was, uh, they were called uh, Beatleband, so a Beatle band, you know, and, you know, let's have them, the Beatle band, you know, <laughs> strange, and, yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know, so, you know, uh, they were the first Beatle band to come here since the Kinks in 1965, so it was, uh, those two shows uh, did a lot for, like, Icelandic musicians and, like, just kind of showed people here what, what you could do, you know, you know so it was, uh, uh, yeah, uh, a really important show for Icelandic music history, basically. Absolutely, and and Iceland has such a rich musical heritage, yeah. especially since the '90s onwards. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's the Bjorks, yeah. the the Sigur Rosses, yeah. the for, for myself uh, the Olafur uh, Arnolds. Oh, yeah. Love, love, love what he does. Uh, I had a chat with. Uh, Addy from Solstafir. Oh yeah, cool. And and he he spoke about the the Icelandic scene, why it is so rich and vast. What 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 is your take on the Icelandic scene? What why does Iceland have such a rich scene? I hate getting this question about Montreal, but I'm going to throw it at you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I it's a it is an interesting question because you know the way I've always kind of seen it is uh, you know you can't really make it when you live in Iceland, you know, and just you have your own band and. And that's the only thing you do. It just kind of doesn't work out if you're, you know, if you're not touring and all that kind of stuff. So, and that wasn't really a possibility for most Icelandic bands. People weren't really thinking about, you know, you could, because you couldn't make it here. People aren't like really trying to follow a, a fad or something that's uh, in, you know, they just want to make music that kind of satisfies themselves, you know. So there was like no, like, like a like a old school inspired band you know really when when i started playing you know you know it wasn't like in iceland uh, but we just you know we just kind of play what we want to hear you know the music that we want to hear and you know i think that's one of the things why you know why it is kind of like that and it's so versatile also there's so many different kind of music and a lot of weird music as well you know so you know so you know it's a, it's interesting and then it's also uh, it's also, I guess, that, you know, the winters here are so extremely dark and, and just fucking depressing, I guess. So, you know, and you, you have to have some sort of release, you know, and just, uh, like, just keep occupied. You know, the shortest days here are like, you know, it's sunlight for like three and a half hours, four hours or something. Jesus, yeah. just, just barely comes up and then it's done, you know, it's dark again. <laughs> Especially when you're working. That must be or tough. Yeah, yeah. Guess, yeah, yeah. When you're working and you go to work and darkness and you leave you come back home in darkness and it's just like time to shred (laughs) (laughs) another uh, sick icelandic band that just just dropped an album that i really like is a cult of lilith yeah exactly excellent extreme metal band really really enjoy that as well yeah the bassist was almost uh in our band you know he was uh no he was gonna audition yeah but uh but he didn't make it on time and we were like yeah didn't work out (laughs) So you guys left Iceland for for two two years. What was that really? As you were mentioning that that if you want to make it, and being from Iceland, you feel you have to leave because it's hard to make it. And to I can see it. I, I see a bit of a correlation being from Canada 
uh, you can tour Canada, but it's hard and it's long and the, the drives are long, but there's, there's markets that you can hit that can be a sustainable future, a sustainable, sustainable career. Whereas in Iceland, you guys can hit a few cities basically. And you, every city is very spread out, long drives. So if you want to make it, you got to sort of leave, which is why you guys went to Denmark, I can imagine. And, and then you guys could tour and not have to pay for flights every time exactly yeah that's exactly it you know we uh we were yeah the, it was in 2013 we got a deal with a uh, nuclear blast so uh yeah we were like what 19 or, or something you know and and it was just like a really really uh you know exciting time and and then we were thinking you know because you know we were we were getting all of this interest from like promoters and you know uh about like about shows and everything Festivals. Else. yeah exactly yeah and then we were just like but you know financially this we couldn't do like half of the shows you know or even one third of the shows because you know it's just so expensive to fly from here especially you know so um we kind of started thinking okay what can we do and i i mentioned that i have a sister that lives in sundeborg in denmark so uh, i was like like called her and i was like hey like do you mind if a bunch of hairy, uh, sweaty dudes come and live in your live in your house for a while? And he was like, ah, so we were on the lower floor. I, I always imagine like this could be such a good like like uh, movie. Yeah, like a movie or like just like these like a really cheesy like TV show, like a comic thing, you know. <laughs> A rock, rock and roll the, band the, moves the, in with a little family, you know. <laughs> 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 and, you know. And, you know, laugh tracks and everything, you know. And uh, so I think, I think it's a good good pitch, you know. We could maybe pitch it together or something. I don't know. But anyway. Yes. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, they, can they drink beer? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Talking about if beer. If they drink beer, I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Talking about beer, we lived like... Uh, at like it's basically at the German border so the border shops were just like uh. 30 minutes away so 19 and loving beer it was just like we had like you know there was like these offers that was like like two no what was it three like case like big cases of Carlsberg or something yeah you buy you buy two and you get one free so we like we just had like stacks of them, you know. I remember, uh, you know, we went through. Well, like, not your changed. sister's like, your sister's like, what's happening? I, I thought you said you were going to be playing shows. Yeah, we're just drinking beer. Yeah, yeah. She she said something uh, like uh, I spoke to her the other day. She was like, we were just kind of reminiscing about those times, and she was like, yeah. At first, I was like, oh yeah, they're just celebrating that they're not like like moved on. No, they're uh, alcoholics. And I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like it's been four months you dudes you know like, that's it. slow down you know i think she was kind of worried <laughs> but you know it was all it was all good now you're back in iceland explain yeah. the transition back to me i'm curious uh basically you know what happened during that time was like we just said to our booker book as many shows as possible we went with a ferry with a, a, a van uh and we just we just drove all around europe uh for you know basically two years you know and wow. we did like so uh, and for like three years it was basically like a hundred shows per year so it was, it was quite busy and uh, sick yeah definitely and uh you know and i kind of burned out at one point you know i think on the, on the second year because we also went through like a lineup change and we were like wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so it was like getting a new drummer uh, who by the way loves your band so much he like he like oh, he's cool. uh he does, he's like, yeah, he does a lot of like covers and that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, 
just done a, quite a bit of your songs, so that's really cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, he he com- comes in, and then we were like, you know, playing playing so much, and we also had to like uh, play a new album, like what, you know, re- like learn a new album that was, you know, uh, it's like a prog masterpiece that was released in Iceland in 1971. We were gonna do like a special show with original member from that band during that summer. So it was like getting a new member, teaching like teaching him everything like of our sets, learning a new, very intricate prog album and and playing a hundred shows. So it was just and like, life pressures <laughs> and being yeah. like 19, 20 years yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, when, when, when the human brain exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is yeah. not fully developed until later in life. So, no, so definitely. And I'm um, very lucky that I started touring around 25. So yeah, even yeah, then yeah. I was, I felt I was immature looking back now. I feel like I was immature and yeah. handled situations not as well as I could have. I can only imagine being 19, 20 exactly. and yeah. having the world at your fingertips and touring Europe sacrificing everything yeah leaving everything behind just going like you know it was it was very you know it was so exciting and so fun but yeah definitely i look back at some some decisions and some like stuff where i'm like Ooh, yeah but i'm but i'm really happy about one <laughs> rule that we've always had is like as much as we do love beer no beer before or during the show it's all Good afterwards so it's very strict when it comes to that you know how did that rule come into place? Uh, a part of me wants to say that it, 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 you learned that lesson. Yeah, like, okay, like, the, the real reason is I started the band when I was 11 years old, so, or like, 10 or 11. Mm. So, uh, and, you know, started playing bars when I was, like, 12 years old and, you know, always with parents present and that kind of stuff. And it was just something that, like, it was like you play a show completely sober and, you know, because, like, we... Cause, yeah, I just, I, I just, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I can play as well as I should when I, when I drink, you know. So I think, you know, just out of respect for people that come out, I am like very, very anal when it comes to that, you know, because yeah, it, uh, it does fuck with my voice. I don't know how, how it affects you when you drink beer on tour and you know, like being a singer as well. So for the death metal it makes it better but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i will forget my words i'll get lost on stage has happened yeah, if yeah, i've yeah. had too many i i've mentioned it on the podcast quite a few times we played a wedding once cryptopsy got hired to play a wedding the yes. bride hired us for the groom and we had to hide <laughs> because it was a surprise uh, so we went to this small city outside of where the 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 event was being held and uh we went to a bar we had too many beers and we went back and we played three tracks or two tracks actually two tracks and i totally got lost and fucked up the groom was still happy yeah but I, we could have been <laughs> in better shape <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But you. You, you live you learn and you you know that's life and as long as you strive to be better exactly exactly i i well we there's two shows that we've played drunk completely drunk and uh, so so the, the first time i was like 17 years old and we were playing this we were playing Goikurin. it was like a global metal no global battle of the bands yeah that's what it was and and uh, we played we were the first band on and we played and we saw the, some of the other bands we were like ah we're not gonna win this fuck it you know let's just just start drinking and fun. yeah exactly so we just micro bar exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we just started like going at it and then uh and then they were like we we thought like i ah, will be in like third place or something then third place was announced second place was announced 
And we were like, oh, shit. And then uh, and, and it was like, uh, they wear, like, fucking, you know, kimonos and, uh, you know, whatever, ponchos. And they were like, oh, no, it's us. Oh, no, god damn it. And, uh, then we just like, and then we played, and I, I, I had, like, a little speech. I can't, I can't remember. And I, I only remember, like, stating the fact that I did have red hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. So I did that. And hopefully, hopefully, there's no videos of this somewhere. I do hope that there's, there's, that doesn't exist. <laughs> it was like <laughs> I remember the, on the drive home, like my parents were there. I remember on the drive home, they were like, "Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, okay, that was okay." <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So it was that time. Yeah. Let's talk about monuments. Yeah. It just came out your new record via Napalm Records now, uh, April 16th. Uh, talk to me about dropping a huge record on a huge label. Uh, first record with uh, with Napalm, right? Yes, exactly, yeah. Uh, during a pandemic. Yeah. You know, being from Iceland, yeah. you have the, the, the restrictions already, that the fact that you're from Iceland, yeah. and now you have a pandemic. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what a time to be alive, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, so yeah, we did three releases with uh, with Nuclear Blast, and then and this is our first one with Napalm. And uh, yeah, just uh, we we're really really happy about the, the change. Actually, you know, it's uh, we really feel like an amazing support from the label and just like genuine excitement from them. So it's uh, it's a good feeling for sure, you know. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it's, uh, it was uh, we recorded the album like right before the uh, when the pandem- pandemic hit, so it was like recorded it, recorded it in uh, what was it February and March twenty twenty. So like right before shit hit the fan, and uh, you know we uh, we worked with our good friend uh, and uh, amazing producer uh, Ian Davenport. He he has worked with like um, some of the members from uh, Radiohead for like uh, you know for their solo albums and. Uh, Band of Skulls, and he did uh, Supergrass, and you know a lot, a lot of, a lot of stuff, and uh, and he did also the uh, the previous album, Gateways, that we did. Uh, so, and we, you know, it was just a, like a, we're a really, really good fit. You know, he uh, gets uh, like a really nice, you know, atmosphere going, and just like gets the best out of us. I feel so. Uh, yeah, good guy to have around for sure. And we recorded the album in. Uh, what was it? Uh, and like, yeah, in the oldest studio in Iceland, which is uh, which was uh, designed by the guy who made uh, Electric Lady Studios in New York for Jimi Hendrix. So, yeah, yeah, he, he came to Iceland in 1974. So it was like the first studio that was built to be a studio, and it was uh, yeah, quite quite interesting. You know, amazing studio. A lot of my favorite like 70s Icelandic albums were recorded there and stuff. So it's uh, yeah, like really rich and nice history there. Uh, but yeah, I'm really just excited about how well the album has been received so far and like, you know, like we were on two billboard like charts and, you know, to listen. That's, you know, that's never happened before, you know, and that's, uh, yeah, really, really nice and uh, did well in Germany and uh, Switzerland and yeah, so very happy. Very, very interesting. Very cool. Congrats on that. Uh, let's talk about, uh, was there a moment, because it's a pandemic, you can't tour it, were you thinking of keeping the album and waiting? Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we did, you know, but we, I think we were being a little bit optimistic, you know, because we had to make a, a decision six months ahead of time. We were like, ah, I mean, the vaccines are being, you know, made and blah, blah, blah. we thought we thought April would, would maybe make sense, you know, but, you know, 
And it does, it did make sense, you know, in a lot of ways, because, you know, I think a lot of people were listening to us uh, that maybe wouldn't have done it when the world is in full swing, you know. So, you know, because, like, people are at home and need new music, and uh, I, uh, yeah, and uh, I think also kind of, like, even though it was written before the pandemic, a lot of the lyrical themes kind of kind of make a lot of sense, like, with the kind of situation right now. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I thought I, we thought it, you know, thought it made sense, and it, it has like really, you know, made an impact with people who, who like the band. And so, you know, I think they will just wait with us until we can finally start to play it live. You know, which was. Uh, so I look forward to it, but I also kind of am nervous about it because so this is an album that's really hard to play and sing at the same time. <laughs> it's just like oh, I have to do a lot of homework. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. I'm very lucky that I don't get to play shows right now, obviously. None of us get to play shows right now. But I get to do these, and this is how I've been filling the void of performing. Right before an interview, I get that little nervousness in the pit of my stomach. How is this interview going to go? Am I prepped enough? This is how I've been filling the void. How have you been filling the void of performing? Uh, a lot of just uh, exercise, like running. I've been starting to run like kind of long runs, you know, like, you know, 15 kilometers, you know, I'm doing like 50, wow. uh, yeah, 15. And then I did like 50 kilometers over one week, like last week and kind of doing it Crazy. like kind of like stages this week. I wanted to do like 25 and, you know, so I'm kind of like, so I have these kind of goals that kind of keep me occupied. And, you know, so it's been, uh, it's been, uh, been an interesting time, you know, for sure. And also, you know, as I mentioned before, I have the dog. So that's kind of like a nice, like routine, you know, even like just like the small things about like, you know, waking up and, you know, have to take him out for a little walk, you know, or whatever, you know, go out in some fresh air and get some coffee. Just like putting a new album on or something, you know, I collect vinyls as you can maybe, maybe see behind yeah, me. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of how I've been feeling it and just kind of meeting up with friends and stuff. So the, like the situation right now in Iceland is like good, you know, and in that aspect, it's been like... Well, we just finished like the fourth wave, I guess, of the whole COVID hmm. thing. So, uh, so it's like I think it was like two people were uh, were, were uh, diagnosed with COVID like yesterday, but they were both like quarantining. So you know, it's just kind of fine, you know. It comes down to two it. people. 
Yeah. One day we will get those numbers. Yeah. Exactly. Here in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're headed that way. Excellent. We're headed that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you were a part of a focus group for the beer that you're drinking today. Yeah. But uh, I'm curious to hear what your beer would be if you could make your own beer for the vintage caravan. What what style of beer would that be and what would you call it? Oh lord. So hmm oh that's a that's a really it's a really good question. No, because I've thought about it quite a bit. We were actually talking to a a, a brewery here in Iceland like the, one of the biggest ones uh, called um, uh Bork Brukus makes uh, a lot of great beer and uh and they're like, yeah, so I, we spoke to them about making something around the release. But, yeah, it didn't really, uh, you know, didn't make sense time-wise. I, I was kind of late to... Uh, but they were very, uh, very interested, though, so that was fun. So, But I think uh, I would probably go for, a like, a really tasty IPA, like a really, like a... Just like maybe call it Expand Your Mind or, uh, or I don't know. That's or a maybe make a... Because there's an, a... a, a, a What's it called? Uh, like I saw, yeah, there's a song on the new album called uh, "Dark Times." So maybe if we like make a really good stout or something. That's uh, an also a great name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that would be those two are, yeah, good ones. But it was it would also be nice to have like a in this caravan beer that you know you can have more than two of and then without like just like being completely overwhelmed. <laughs> so yeah, I think absolutely, nice. absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Very, very interesting. But have you guys have you guys made like uh, cryptopsy like beers and that kind of stuff? We have. We just dropped one last November, and it's becoming basically a staple at Kanawaki Brewing Company, which is just outside of Montreal. Uh, we have an album called uh, Whisper Supremacy. We released Pilsner Supremacy. It's a New World Pilsner, which is a double dry hopped pilsner with a bohemian yeast in it you can chug a bunch of them enjoy them and not kill yourself because it's 4.6 percent abv i believe i have that right uh, we had an artist reimagine the the whisper supremacy uh, artwork is killer and uh drew from kanawaki uh brewing company hit me up last summer and he just wrote crisp topsy so ah. it's crisp topsy pilsner supremacy that that's the name of the beer yeah well we have a bunch more in the works because I love beer collabs. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I have to, I have to get on that. You know, do you think I, is, it, is it like possible to like just order them online? And no, it's like super exclusive, uh, especially from Kanawaki. It's so, it's it's on a native territory, so so they can't even sell it in stores across Quebec. You have to go to the brewery. I like, and there's a lot of that happening here in Quebec. This this exclusivity, the hype, the you have to be there, the local source and i think it'd be cool if you guys did a beer that you included something that's very icelandic you know like like yeah. herbs or something something exactly. that really ties that's into you guys yeah exactly yeah for sure yeah that'd be awesome but yeah that's interesting interesting that you can only get the beer in like a like that yeah that exclusivity kind of thing that's yeah, interesting you gotta be there you gotta get it like like this one this is like this weird experimental series you had to go buy it at the brewery if you didn't buy it at the brewery, you can't get it. And and that is what people love here in Quebec right now with the craft beer scene. We're going to wrap this up with one last question. When I went to the Gokarin and uh, we had too much fun, I woke up the day of my gig of, of the Reykjavik Metal Fest. The reason why I was there in not the best shape. So, so I, I know what I had to do to get, to make myself feel better. But, uh, when, what is your hangover cure? Ooh, good question. I, uh, you know, 
going out for a, you know, like even like as horrible as it sounds, going out to for a run like really does a lot for you. You know, kind of sweating it out, I guess. So doing that, shower, eating something, you know, pretty fatty, and then just you know, and yeah, just having some coffee and stuff, and I'm, I'm pretty pretty good, you know. You know, if I can go to a hot tub, that's. Uh, but you know, normally, you know, but on tour, I'm not sure. You know, normally, you know, on like like long tours, I don't drink like the first two weeks just to get like the vocal cords in in shape. You know, kind of, and you know, kind of get used to the abuse that I do to myself, and then I and then I add, you know, and then I the extra the extra abuse. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then after that, you know, I I start like bringing in a few like nice beers and you know enjoying them and just you know taking it kind of easy enough you know on, on, on earlier tours i used to just get fucked up you know and uh, and you know <laughs> you know after shows and, and oof so yeah so there's some videos on youtube where i look back and i was like ah you bitch Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> we have to learn the reason why we're on tour is to perform and that's that's important that, that everyone needs to remember we're there to have a good time and fans need to remember that too because when 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 we come through a city some fans uh, have been looking forward to this yeah exactly yeah they, this is their night out they got a babysitter they they want to let loose and they want us to let loose with them which is fun but they have to understand that we, we have to do it again the next four, 10, 15, 20 days in a row. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did you, like, I'm just curious, like, with your, like, with your, uh, like, vocal style and stuff, did you have to, like, did you just learn it by yourself? And, like, with touring, does it, did you, like, did you go, like, seeing, like, a son of screaming kind of coach or, or something like I that? I totally, totally, I would have loved to do a Melissa Cross in-person uh, lesson, but I've been using Melissa Cross honestly, religiously, since 2004. Like every time I scream, not so much recently. I've been like tracking stuff in the house for like guest uh, vocal stuff recently, and I just do it. But um, if I'm on tour, I warm up religiously. It's it's very important. And when I'm on tour, my voice is just on tour prepped. I'm sure that's what you mean too. That those first two weeks, once you get into shape, you it, it knows what to do. If I take a break in between, then I need to really warm them up to remind myself how to scream. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I, I also use. You gotta her, be in shape. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I used her uh, like tapes quite a bit on uh, the first three years or something of touring. Really helped me a lot, you know. And after after a while, I, one of my tricks is just I do like uh, like ten or fifteen push-ups and you know yeah. like slow ones, and then uh, and then like fifteen minutes before the show, I do it again. And then I just feel like the whole, because like mm. when it comes to like warming up, uh, you know, it's basically just kind of waking up the body, you know. Sometimes I don't mm -hmm. feel like I have to do scales to warm up. If I do that, then I can kind of like, it kind of hoists the voice out of me, like, you know, just gets me ready, you know. So that's kind of. It's all about trick. breath. It's all about breathing. Yeah. It's about support. It's about muscular support. Exactly. That's what singing is. It's much more than just, just singing it's it's about controlling your body in an organized fashion and exactly. the, you have to remember how to do that <laughs> which is why too many of these yeah. <laughs> comes into play and you exactly. just do you wing it and that's yeah. that's not the way to do things no exactly yeah <laughs> i was like really out of shape like for i don't know i think the second year of touring where we did and uh yeah i can it's like when i got into shape after that i was like oh this ca it can be this easy 
you know it's this is like easy singing. Yeah. it can be this like you know it's like I would go from a show and I was just like collapse on a couch for like you know a half an hour and then like go out or something you know and it was just like not the best cocktail I think <laughs> I tie up my hair, put my glasses on, and go to the merch booth. That's my job. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oscar, thank you so, so much. Thank Taking you, the time, man. hanging out with me, talking about your life, music, and craft beer. Everyone, go check out Monuments. It dropped April 16th via Napalm Records. I'm stoked about it, and I know that you guys will be, too. Thank you, Oscar. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you so much, man. Cheers, man. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right today. And you know that I love and appreciate that. I had such a blast with Oscar. We just immediately connected. I know that we're going to have fun and enjoy some beers together the next time we're together because we had a blast today. I love it when that happens, just those instant connections with artists. And I definitely, definitely enjoyed this conversation. I hope that you all did too. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You could do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Please do me a favor, sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list because there's just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast that I would hate for you to miss a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you have a glorious weekend. I hope that you get out there and you get your hands on some of the Vox and Hops brutal North America collabs. There are 22 of them that dropped across the United States and Canada, so I hope that you are lucky enough to get your hands on at least one of them. I will be back next week with two episodes, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast? For the first time in your miserable life. I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out. And stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you.